Go Twins. Yeah, we we shall see because the uh, the Twins are moving on. They have won not one, but they have won two playoff games. As you can see, we are festive in our Twins attire because they are going on to the ALDS. Houston is going to have a problem. And this is episode 98 of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. It is the... <laughs> Bang the trash cans! Bang the trash cans! <laughs> it's the... Uh, it is the Linval Joseph, Tony Saragusa episode, RIP. Rest in peace. Here. But as we said, Twins are moving on. Twins uh, 2-0 against, uh, against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Once in, again, uh, two... America is better than Canada. Amen. Once yeah, again, that's that's I, and I tweeted this out on the on the on the podcast page. You know what's worse than having your season end is having to go back to Canada. Ooh, yeah. gross. They are gonna enjoy that maple syrup though. They have all off season to eat it. And then to oh, be oh, disappointed yeah. to be disappointed by the Maple Leafs playoff time. It's beautiful. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least they have the Raptors. Yeah, they have the Raptors. They almost they almost got Damian Lillard. Yeah, almost. They almost got Damian Lillard. Almost got Damian Lillard. <laughs> Thanks, Shams. <laughs> but two uh, two incredible pitching performances by the uh, by the Twins in Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray today. The uh, and then an all time absolute bonehead analytics are stupid. Uh, pitching uh, pitching decision by the by the Blue Jays manager Johnny Anderson. Oh, unbelievable. With 47 pitches, hasn't given up a run. I think he's given a, he gave up what two or three hits, and then uh-huh. they just decide now nah, we're gonna, walks one guy. Now nah, we're gonna pull the plug, and they said it on the broadcast that all the, the Twins were dapping each other up like, oh, we got him now, and uh-huh. that was that's that's what happened. The Twins got two runs after they pulled Barrios, and then a strong some incredible def- defensive plays by Carlos Correa. That's why you go out and spend money to get him. Had a couple of hit, had a hit that gave the twins the lead and um, picking off Vlad Guerrero to end, to end a threat from the blue Jays and then turning a double play in the fall, the next, or maybe it was the inning before, but two huge plays defensively. A lot of the things where in those situations in past years, that's where it goes pear shaped for the twins, and the twins end up losing, and why they were in their that 18 game losing streak. But you guys, there is, you know, and we don't we don't say a lot of nice things about England, but Roger Bannister, the first person, he was an Englishman, you know, he was the, the he was he was an Englishman, was the first person to break the sub four run a sub four minute mile. And after that, there was a continuous streak of people breaking it. All it takes is just that one for the floodgates to open. Now, is that going to be the same for the Twins? We're going to find out. And as the, as a Positive Vibes Only podcast, we have to believe. I mean, I don't know how you can. We just broke what, the longest playoff curse of all time. Like, literally, yeah, eight what, straight, 21 terms, years. In terms of just, what, winning a game? Being a game, not even a series, just a game. Yeah, because the last series win was in 0-2 in Oakland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 21 years ago. But, like, no, Dylan, you nailed it with their manager. Like, what an idiot. Like, Barrios was dealing. Like, he hasn't thrown that good since probably 2020 with the Twins. <laughs> he was ungodly good today. His splitter, sinker, whatever the hell it was, it was disgusting. Like, it, they, we couldn't touch it. 
But in, in Toronto, your season is on the line. It's truly win or go home. There is there is no tomorrow. There is no, oh, well, we, we might need Jose, you know, four days from now or, uh, you know, eh, you know down, down the road here. It's if you lose, you're getting on an airplane and we're not seeing you until February. You you have to put all the chips in. You have to be all in on this. And well, he, he clearly didn't want it. And this tells me that this Toronto uh, manager, guess what, boys? He lays up on par fours and he pees sitting down. He doesn't want to win. <laughs> That's all. That's and, and he lives in Canada, so some would say he's a bitch, but that whatever. I don't think that's right. That might have been Rocco's two best games he's ever managed. I'm not gonna lie. Like the bullpen usage, uh, I know a lot of people don't trust Jax when he's on and he's fo- he's probably a top 15 relief pitcher in the in the game. You put him between Brock Stewart and Duran, like. Good luck. Like, that's a three-headed monster you don't want to face. And we saw that why in these last two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Louis Varland, he, he struggled a little bit today. But let him get his feet wet a couple times. He pitched yesterday, gotten out, obviously. But the dude's hitting triple digits, and he hit, like, 95 out of as a starter. So there's a lot of freaking arms that the Twins can throw at you right now. And can we give it up for, for the target field crowd? They were electric. Listening to it on the radio and then watching it on TV, just – how audibly loud and the broadcasters mentioning it, how, how, how much they played a factor in the game. And that clearly the bats for Toronto were not, it kept them hiding and they, they, they were, they were under, under the covers. Uh, Correa actually said after the game, the only reason they did that pickoff move was because they couldn't hear the third base coach. That that's literally Correa knew that. And that's how he came up with the idea to try and do the pickoff. Yeah. Genius. Smart, smart heads up play too, and he's worth every penny just off this series alone. Yeah, just yep. just for his defensive yep, abilities, and that, that experience, and they're and they're going to need it. They're going to need it because they're playing his former team. They're going to be facing some in, in tremendous pitching and just a, a roster that, well defending defending World Series champions. And you know the nice thing about taking care of Toronto in two games. It gives Royce Lewis an extra day off where he can hopefully heal that hamstring up and get a little bit healthier where I probably won't be able to play in the field yet. But if he can find ways and even just his presence where the teams clear their Toronto clearly after he hit those two home runs, they were pitching around him. They wanted nothing to do with him and able to score, score the go, the go ahead run today. Um, Luckily, did never got into a situation where he was uh, in a double. Well, he did hit into a double play, but um, you know, having him healthier, it's gonna just they're they're only gonna get better and give the arms and bullpen a day, an extra day of rest. So to see who uh, I'm curious who they're gonna start in game one on Saturday, but I would assume it's gonna be Joe Ryan. The five days lines up for Pablo to game to go game two, Sonny to go game three. So I mean, you're getting your ace game two. You know, kind of if you don't win game one, you know that, that it's okay. Like, but now you got your ace going game two. Get that win, go back home, take home field, and then you got Sonny, who's been obviously a top five pitcher, top six pitcher all year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's setting up very nicely. That to win today instead of tomorrow is massive for for their rotation, and and just to keep that momentum going too, where. Yeah. If if they were to lose, would have lost today. You know, there's that there's that doubt that creeps in. Oh, here we go again. Now we've got this nervousness. Like, 
we we have to get out of get out of our that first round jitters. Now now it's there. Now they can just go and play play free. I will say this: um, Houston's very beatable at home. They're under five hundred at home. Yep, team games over five hundred on the road. So if you can take either one or two, that's going to go obviously big time. But you take you could have a chance to take both of them here. Like Houston's not like what they were last year. They're not as great as everyone thinks they are like they're solid but they're not they're not some crazy team like they were juggernaut last year yeah they're not that juggernaut where it's like it's houston against the field no you know i i i I don't think people would be surprised in the national media or just your um casual casual baseball fans if the twins end up winning this series i'm not saying they're going to be favorites but i think you're going to have people picking them to win and i I know that doesn't mean much and you still got to play the game but that just to ethan's point changes how people are viewing this Houston team compared to years past. Because before, when they were on these dominant runs, it was Houston ALDS in three. Houston in three. Uh, you know, we weren't even thinking about this. So, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not the team that they used to be, but they're still a good squad. But, hey, that's why we play the game, right? Mm-hmm. With how we're pitching, you score three runs, and you probably got a 60 70% chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and since how- the twins, the twins are the, uh, since the twins won their, since the uh, twins have won their first series, their first, and, and their first ended their night, their 18 game losing streak. We're going to go back to 2004 for, and see what, what the world was like back when the twins won their last playoff game before yesterday or Tuesday. Um, the most popular film, in 2004, do you guys know it? I, I have no idea. Uh, can I get a small hint? I have no idea. Shrek, um, Shrek, Shrek 2. Yes. Yes! No way. You know what the most popular... Do you know what the most popular uh, not fiction book was? No. One of the Harry Potters. No. The Da Vinci Code. Oh, fantastic movie! Very yes, excellent movie. And the uh, the top TV show in two thousand four was what? It, was it Friends last season? Has to be. It was not. It was American Idol. Oh, gross! Is that Carrie Underwood's uh-huh. year? It might have been. She I would don't have know. been right around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, well, if and then I can respect that. Um, eight. A 20-ounce loaf of bread cost $2.09. A dozen eggs were $1.49. And five pounds of white potatoes were $1.99. Okay, what's, what's the real question here? What, what was gas? Yeah, yes. Um, I am trying to find that here. If it was less than two, I'm going to cry. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm building that time machine that Stewie and Brian mm-hmm. tried so many times on yep. Family Guy. And then getting rid of Bill Smith. See ya, Bill. Yep. Oh, Dylan, you'd think this the would be price the, of you think this would be the first the thing pr- out there. The price of gas. Let me say two twenty nine. I'll say two fourteen. Um. So it w- it would have been in October. The price of when the Twins won their last, so two thousand four. It was it was two oh four. Ooh. Okay. 
Well, it's okay. a little high. Okay. But well, at like least, uh -huh. at least it wasn't under two. Yeah, that'd be, that'd yeah. be cool. <laughs> better than what it is now. Yeah. Well, do I remember better than in, what it is now? Like 2014, when it got to under four, I I, I about I about cried because I was so excited. Grant, here's a knack for you about gas. Uh, Dylan, I live next to Canterbury and uh, Mystic Lake, the casino. There's like yep. reservation land there. There's two gas stations. Gas there is like 340, Grant. They don't Can have to you... pay the tax. Oh, my goodness. Do you, you, you should go there. Every time. Every time. Yep. Dang. Yep. I should have told you when you were down here Monday. I totally would have picked it up there on Monday. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, three. It was like three. It's <laughs> a big so deal. So last last year, that was in my lifetime. Like I don't ever remember gas being over four dollars until last summer. Like yeah. I, I remember it being yeah. at like three ninety nine, but I never ever remember it being over four dollars until last year. But um, another another good question that you uh, that goes up with uh, with the uh, the gas question, inflation was two point six six percent. What is it like eight now? I think it's like uh, seven point seven. Something like that. Too high. Oh um, yeah. So and then it says yeah the average the average price for the year was one seventy four. Like home. Or what no, do you mean the by average it? the average or the average gallon of gas for for the year was one seventy four. It says. Oh okay, two thousand four. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. Ronald Reagan passed away. Oh wow. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh -huh. George uh, George W. Bush was reelected as president. Um, Kmart Corporation announced that it was buying Sears, Roebuck, and company for eleven billion dollars. Well, that was a stupid decision. Yeah, now they're all out of business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is the is the Sears in the Mall of America? Is that still open, or is that oh, did that not. close? Sears left. I don't think so. I think they put something else there now. There might there. be one store left, I think. That's it. But, man, $11 billion back then, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Uh -huh. My God. Holy hell. Do you know who won the U.S. Open in golf in 2004? I'm going to go Ernie Els. Uh, Stuart Singh. It was not Ernie Els. Nope. Ratif Goosen. Oh, who the Ratif. hell is that? I was pretty close with my uh, – I've, I've heard the name. He was no, you uh, haven't. No, you stop lying. I I have heard the name. He, he, he would be a, going right up there with uh, with okay. Tiger and yeah. PJ Like they were all yep. right up there. All right. Well, yep. I'm not at a 2004 the, Elite who, Golf. Mind. Stanley Cup. The what? Who did? Who won the Stanley Cup? I'll go Detroit Wings. Oh four. Hmm. There was a team from Detroit though that did win a championship that in 2004 though. That would be the Pistons. Pistons. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Who, what, um, East or West Coast? East. Was it New Jersey? It was by the Devils. It was not. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, Caleb! Wow, he would have. Yeah, that. Caleb just missed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it was St. <laughs> oh, Louis. St. Louis was the captain of that team. That's crazy. He's still playing, isn't he? No. No, he's he's. I think no, he's there. No, the goalie. Never mind. No, he's. I think he's their general manager. The, he's he's an okay. executive somewhere. Yeah, or okay, was an executive. I don't know. In two thousand four, the the cost of a Super Bowl ad was two point three million. Oh, that's it. That's pretty yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's we it. We could have put, put one out that year. Shoot, yeah. dang. Uh, popular did... baby names in two thousand four were Michael, Matthew, Joshua, Jacob. Emily 
Emma, Madison, and Olivia. What kind of names hey. do we have for kids nowadays? Yeah, hey, shout out Olivia. Uh, kids now, kids' names these days suck. <laughs> I saw a name today when I was trying to hire someone, Olivia, but it's A L I V I A. Like, oh, gross. Like, oh, uh, Olivia. Oh, uh, Olivia. Facebook was launched in 2004. Really? Huh. Yep. 19 years old. So, no son of a gun. Yeah. Wow. More you know. Uh huh. Um, in January, Google launched the social networking site Orkut. O R K U T. Nope. Well, Google's done a lot of good, but that that's not up there. Nope. Yep. Uh, but yeah. I, so that, I'm that's just the, happy I got Shrek too. That's incredible. that was impressive. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, guys. For some reason, it just came to me. I was like, uh, Shrek was early 2000s. Shrek two was great. It wasn't as good as Shrek one. Shot in the dark. I'm not saying you're a terrible, or stupid person, but that might have been the best thing you've ever done. I, I literally pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. Yep. I knew it'd be some sort of like Disney-esque movie, but I wasn't sure which one. Yeah. So. Man, Do you that... guys know who was originally set to play Shrek in the movies? Robin Williams. It was not Robin Williams. That's a, that's yeah. a good guess. Um, I don't know. Chris Farley. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh-huh. That would, so, have been, that would have been great, too. Yeah, that would have been really good. Yeah. They, if you go onto YouTube, you can find some of his, like, his, like, his, like, auditions for it. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. But with that, we've got some, we got a week four NFL recap, a week five college recap to get to, and then we're going to preview week five in the NFL and week six in college football, which promises this week in both the NFL and college promises some better slates than what was what we got last week, even though week five was low-key a pretty solid week. Week four in the NFL was tough, but the good news is, is I did go four and one in my picks, in my bets, so, you know, sometimes you got to make lemonade out of lemons, and that's what I did. But, so, to see who is going first in the, uh, in our, our, Review preview preview of uh, college in the NFL. It is boom. Collusion. Yep, collusion. He's, coll- he's colluding with himself. Then going number two. Hey, Grant. Yes. And then back to back picks for Ethan. Ethan. Is number three. So, Did the best for last. We're gonna start with our with surprise team of the week of week four, and my surprise team is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, oh. Coming in, they had the ugly loss to the Jets in week one. Josh Allen looked turnover prone. He was asking, begging for Brian Dable to come back. But since week one, you got to give it to McDermott and the rest, and Ken Dorsey and the rest of that staff of the Buffalo Bills. They've committed to running the ball a little bit more. They haven't tried to make those big explosive plays happen every single play. Just take what they give you, um, you know, move the ball down the field. That doesn't have to be the explosive play. Josh Allen has more so turned into what feels like a point guard compared to where he's just going to distribute the ball, facilitate. He doesn't have to be the star and make every single play. And it showed out the the Bills defense was flying around and they're only going to get healthier because Von Miller started practicing again this week and they did lose 
Tredavious White, which will hurt them. But as we have always said on this podcast, I will take a pass rush over a good secondary any day because if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball, he's not going to hurt you. And Von Miller, if he's able to be what he was before pre-injury and where Buffalo was before that, because that's kind of when last year, that's when their season kind of started trending downward was when they lost Von Miller in that and an ability, uh, a solid pass rusher. So, and then the game itself just absolutely dominated the bills. That was my only loss of the week. Cause I had the dolphins you to cover it? the two and a half. They did not cover the two and a half, but the bills are right now. They're, they're looking like the team to beat in the AFC East and uh, have positioned themselves nicely after a tough week one loss. Well, and yeah, and, you know, Dylan, that's why they signed Von Miller last year, to be the difference maker, because they couldn't get to Pat Mahomes in that playoff game and the year before in that playoff game. So, yeah, we'll see. If he can come come back and be healthy, watch out. Western New York's about to throw a party this year. It's it's amazing when Josh Allen doesn't try to do everything and throw picks everywhere. Take the, Like Dylan said, take the small plays, mm-hmm. but then, my goodness, were they explosive on Sunday as well. Yeah, when they yeah. – when they it, when like, I think Miami 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 was exposed as like you know that defense which was a question mark, and you know the offense didn't help them out. They had those some ugly turnovers, and then the Dolphins defense just forgot how to tackle. I think what Stephon Diggs had two two catch and runs where he <laughs> should have been tackled three or four different times and just got out of it, and Scott goes and scores. Well, and then also let's let's not. Um... Let's not give scoring 70 in the NFL game is impressive, but let's not forget that was against a Vance Joseph led um, Denver defense and Vance Joseph should not have a job coordinating a defense in this league. And when Miami has played coaches with good defensive backgrounds, they've slowed this explosive ability down. Sure. They won. They beat New England, but they let them Mac Jones hang around. And last week they only put up 20. And when they played the frauds of Brandon Staley and the Chargers in week one, they put up 36. Um, but it uh, looks, like, looks like it's my turn. And, boys, I got my notes this week. I'm not going to mess up my surprise and disappointing teams like last there week. There it is. That a ball? Yeah. yeah. So. Baby steps. Uh, surprise team for me. Um, Caleb was in town. Where does he live? He lives in Tampa Bay. I'm going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, I um, thought about that one. After, you know, even just the first quarter of the season, they're they're three and one record. They're leading their division. Hey, someone's got to win the NFC South this year. And it, you're going to be eight, nine or nine and eight doing it. But you know what? Tampa Bay doesn't write the rules. Um, but I, on Sunday, Baker, he, Baker was efficient. He was 25 of 32 for 246 yards. He's not lighting the world on fire. But anytime you're at 7.7 yards per attempt with three touchdowns, you're going to win a lot of games in the NFL and against a very good saints defense in new Orleans to only give up one sack and have one turnover in that game. When your defense got three sacks and forced two turnovers, that's it, good. Th- good things are going to come Tampa Bay's way. And I think, you know, Todd Bowles knows he's under pressure this year where if it doesn't work out, he's not a head coach. He's going to be labeled as just a defensive coordinator in this league. You bring in a new offensive coordinator who spent last year in Seattle Baker knows his back is against the wall. And Chris Godwin on Sunday looked like him old self, eight catches for 114 yards. Um, 
So, you know, Tampa Bay went into a, a hostile road environment in New Orleans and got a big division win on the air. And they're sitting at three and one, and uh, the food's got to be tasting pretty good, and the water's got to be nice and cold down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield, early front runner for comeback player of the year, I would say. If, we, if there was a vote today and if we had a vote, I would probably put Baker as comeback player of the year. It's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I picked this team before, but uh, I'm going Houston. Um, this team continues to look the real deal. Um, offensively, they look phenomenal. Stroud wasn't – like you mentioned Baker was efficient. Um, Stroud was not. But uh, 16 to 30, 10 yards attempt, 20, almost 20 yards of completion. Like, that's explosive right there. That's going to win you some football games whether you're passing 50% or not. Um, held them to under 250 yards uh, total offense. Steelers aren't like world beaters by any means, but they have some decent players around. Uh, Kenny Pickett didn't let them beat him with their legs. I think they had less than 75 rush, 114 rush yards. That's going to, I mean, you might not think it's great, but in the NFL, that's pretty goddamn good. No turnovers, clean football. Like for a rookie to go in there, throw, I think he threw, was it three TDs on Sunday? I can't remember for sure. But I know Nico Collins caught two. Yeah, I was going to say, it's at least two. Um, let's see. I think yeah, it was like, it was three, was it? Or two? And Devin Singletary threw another one. Whoever the hell that is, I don't know. Wasn't uh, he the, the old running back from Buffalo? He used to play for the Bills. For the Bills. Yeah, okay, he threw one, yep. I guess. From um, FAU. Yeah, but uh, no, clean football. Um, going against the Steelers' defense is never easy, but uh, they got it done. Well, and Ethan, to your point, uh, in the first month of the year, C.J. Stroud, zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. And there was that that late nonsense report before the draft. He's not smart. He's not the guy. He's going to slide. Hey, it's only four games. It could go pear shaped. Um, I you know I hope it doesn't for him. I hope Houston has this continued success with D'Amico Ryan's taking over. And you know two and two. Hey, someone's got to win the AFC South also. Jacksonville looks like they just kind of want to mopo around so far. So hey, we'll see. And how fitting. J.J. Watt gets put in the ring of honor, and the Texans' defense um, plays the game of the year, maybe for them this year, only giving up six points. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. And I, I was seeing on Twitter, um, I follow John McClain, who's been a longtime reporter down for the Houston Chronicle. He's he's forgotten more about football than any of us are ever going to know. He's been covering it since, like, the 60s. But he's he said it, and it was also a very big, big contingent of Steelers fans, too, and you would think these Steelers would come out, and especially against a team like this, and then they just came out completely flat. And, um, you know, I've gotten my fair share of digs, digs in on C.J. Stroud, but just when you see him in press conferences and you see him in interviews, he is a hard guy to root against. He just seems like seems like a great kid, nice guy. He's humble. He works hard. And he, someone that understands, he just understands, understands understands it like you know he was he was absolutely heartbroken losing two times to michigan he he knew what it meant to the fans he he felt he wanted to win just as much as anybody and you know he studies the game he's i was listening to D'Amico ryan's on pardon my take today talking about how he's always texting the coaches about sending him more film to study that because that's all he does is he's just a football junkie and tremendous leader between him and D'Amico ryan's that is shaping up to be a really could be, and it, we're only four games in, but you have to be encouraged by the work ethic both D'Amico and CJ have. 
to where they, it, it's almost they're, they're going to work too hard for Houston to fail. Well, and then also, you know, you trade back up in the first round and get Will Anderson Jr. You sign Jimmy Ward from San Francisco. There's the it seems like Houston has the foundation. And they're finally letting a head coach run a football team. And, um, you know, they could they could they could build this thing the right way. And, you know, all these players, they've clearly bought in to what D'Amico is selling. And, you know, good things are going to come their way. Yeah, absolutely. And just and, and I, I already did my surprise team, but I, I do have to say, I think I had this also as my surprise team. I also had the Texans as well. But I also had had Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews touchdown. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was probably the best throw of Lamar Jackson's career. But over three guys, over three Cleveland Browns, perfectly threads the needle in the corner of the end zone to Mark Andrews for a touchdown. It was, I saw that and I about jumped out of my chair. That was like, oh my gosh, how did he complete that? Mm-hmm. But no, so Ethan kind of circled back to the Texans here. I was going to pick them, but I was like, I can't do it two weeks in a row. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I can't do it two weeks so, in a row, but I wanted to. That's fair. All right, disappointing yeah, and Let's team. go down to a disappointing team. Ethan, back uh, at you. I think it's a clear cut. Only really one team that you can pick for this, uh, Patriots. Has to be. They uh-huh. looked absolutely god awful. Uh, ten first downs the whole game, less barely over fifty yards rushing, three turnovers. I think they gave up at least two defensive touchdowns slash special teams. Yep. Uh-huh. Two. Just I've never seen a Belichick team that bad. They, Worst they, loss of Belichick's career. It's just the throw. They were Patriots were driving. I don't even know what quarter it was, but he just threw one right to the freaking guy on the right sideline. Was line. it Javon Curse? I think so. I think right? so. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was the curse interception. Good lord. We were eating out with Hannah's family and I was just like it's the one play I watched, but that's really all I needed to watch. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was it was very nice to just have a nice relaxing Sunday watching the Cowboys because it was over like that. I you know, Hunter Lipke got his first touchdown in the NFL. And it was nice to see the Cowboys bounce back after a very disappointing game against Arizona mm-hmm. and to kind of get on the right track because we talked about this being a must win because next, this this week they're, they're going up to a nemesis and the team that's been a thorn in their side and ended their season the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they needed this one to kind of stay stay in the stay in the race because the Eagles are also undefeated to stay not in just the NFC NFC number one seed race, also the NFC East race, and and they did a good bounce back. But um, Grant, who is your disappointing team? Well, Ethan covered the first half of this game um, from this past weekend. I'm going to take the other half in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and they're my disappointing team because. Uh, I was bullish on them. I thought they'd be a playoff team this year. I thought the second year with Kenny Pickett, uh, George Pickens, you know, Deontay Johnson, you draft Broderick Jones, you signed is it I, Isaac Salamala. Uh, I'm going to mess his name up from the Steelers, from the Eagles, excuse me, to rebuild this offensive line. And uh, so far in three games or through four games, the Steelers offense looks lost. I mean, it looks like the professional version of the Iowa Hawkeyes out there. Same same color scheme, just no off no offense. 
and um yeah pickett didn't do you like think Ferentz has a burner account though probably probably not he probably doesn't even believe in social media <laughs> no but no pickett definitely... well, i wouldn't if i was brian Ferentz. no have you have you ever searched his name on twitter oh boy there's a lot of negative stuff there, but I haven't seen negative things like him since I've searched Mitch Leidner's name on Twitter. Ooh, that's bad. It's not Yikes. good. <laughs> but uh, Kenny Pickett has like wasn't great last year, but holy hell has he regressed? He has he regressed. He has regressed bad. And you know, Dylan, you mentioned you know you know Brian Ferentz and people are chanting fire Ferentz in the game on Saturday. Well, in Pittsburgh, they're going to start be saying fire Matt Canada. Oh, oh, it has. And it's, it has. it's only that's how, the, that's how the burner account is figured out. It's only it's only going to get worse. And you give up another three sacks on Sunday when you're the Steelers' offensive line. You let your quarterback get hit with a bone, leave that game with a bone bruise. Your leading receiver in that game is Najee Harris, one reception for 32 yards. As a team, listen to this, boys, on offense. The Steelers were 18 of 28 for 111 passing yards. Now that includes losses yes. on three sacks, but that's just that's just unacceptable. And at what point, at what time does Mike Tomlin come in and say, "Hey, I'm Super Bowling head coach, and this is unacceptable"? Be- because and there was talk too that he was going to be he Matt Canada was going to be a relief uh, fired either Monday or Tuesday. But the, I have not seen that happen yet, so it <clears> sounds <throat> like they're going to. Keep rolling him, and just and, another example of there's nothing good for nothing good that has Canada in it. Absolutely, and it's just you, you kind of look at that game, and it almost felt like the Steelers maybe maybe they got lost in the JJ Watt week and they didn't show up. But to just to just drop a game like that, and when you have a top ten defense the way that they do, you should never um, give up a thirty point performance like that where you're just flat and you're not there. Don't. Don't give me this nonsense that, oh, we played back-to-back weeks and we played on Sunday night. It's in the NFL. You have a great facility, uh, first-class flights. You only had to go down to Houston one-hour time difference. You had the fans there. Um, just a disappointing start to the Steelers' season. And uh, realistically, they probably should be 1-3 and three because they, did, they didn't deserve to win that Browns game. Um, so, yeah, uh, Steelers, disappointing week in week four. Yep. Yep. I, I I also had the Steelers down, but my disappointing team, and it's more so not not team, because I thought the team played very well, but would you have the nickname Riverboat Ron and you're mm. a gambler and you have you score with no time left, your defense hasn't stopped anybody all day, and Especially then your the excuses half. that they were – Especially in the second half, and your excuse is that your your offense was gassed. You don't go for two to win the game. Either way, who cares? It's it's one play. You're either you're gonna win or you're gonna lose. And that offense was moving people down the field. Sam Howell, after a, an abysmal week three, bounced back, played a great week, played great, led them down that drive, kept them in the game. Eric Bieniemy. Coordinator, higher of the year so far, playing very well, calling calling great games, and maybe th- this might be the time that gets him over that hump, gets him a that head coaching job he's been looking for, and it might be he might be able to stay in Washington because you your 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 nickname Riverboat Ron needs to be stripped because mm-hmm. you're you're supposed to be a defensive guy. Your defense is terrible, 
and then you, you don't live up to the name where you 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 need to go for two. There was there was nothing, and and I, I mean I don't know if this is it's an analytics thing or what, but this, but you you have to look at the game as a whole perspective and say, hmm, our our defense has not stopped anybody. If we can block and do our job for one more play, we're going to win this game. We're going to win 36-35, and we're going to come out of Philly, which is not an easy place to win, and come out with a win. And you're, with with the enemy's past, you're telling me he doesn't have three or four shovel passes lined up to get two yards on a two-point play? I mean, you, you, you pull this guy from Kansas City for a reason because he's been with Andy for all these years, and he knows – what Philadelphia is going to run and why you should go for two there. So, yeah, it's, I, I'm with you on that one, Dylan. It's just just a bad, a bad week for Ron right there and a horrible excuse at the end to say, oh, our defense was tired, blah, 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 blah. Our offense was tired, blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Can I stop for one second to do another crazy Twins fact that you guys probably will not believe? Uh, today, marked, away, baby. today marked the first time the Twins won a clinching game of a playoff series at home since Game 7 of the 91 World Series. I saw that like five minutes, five minutes before I logged on. Good Lord. I mean, insert the Peter Griffin. Holy crap. 30, what would that be? 31 <laughs> years? 32, 32 years? 32 years, bro. Yeah, 32. Oh, my God. That's nuts. We literally weren't even born. No. Weren't even a thought. Jeez. No, we weren't even a thought yet. That's brutal. Nope. I, yeah, no. Wow, wow, wow. Our parents weren't even talking about having us as kids yet. That's how long it's been. <laughs> I don't even know if my parents were talking about having kids yet in general. Not just, hey, let's go for this loser. Kids in general. No, that, well, 1991, that was probably the last time my dad really, really cared about baseball. Well, that's, how, that's how long ago that was. Jesus. <laughs> my dad was, my dad would have been 31 years old. That happened. Damn. Damn. That's Damn. So. Uh-huh. Oh, but also to rehash my disappointing Steelers point. You know how many sacks they had on Sunday against C.J. Stroud? Zero. You're paying. T- you're paying T.J. Watt one point seven five million dollars a game. You're paying Alex Highsmith all this money, and you get zero sacks. You know, it might change if Houston had their two tackles back, but at that point, I still don't care. One of those two's got to get to the quarterback and change the game. And that's what even made that that the Texans, the Texans even more impressive, playing without their two tackles. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, now, now have we? We've gotten all our disappointing teams, right? Yep. So, is it Dylan for the "I told you so" team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we're going to "Told you so" segment, and my "Told you so" team is the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr, check down King. I know he was hurt. My my questions were, you know, I never I, I never doubted I don't doubt the tech the, or the Saints roster. I think that's a it, it's a good roster, but the two biggest question marks, quarterback, head coach. And you, you can you can have a question mark at one of the two, but you can't have both. Derek Carr, check down King. Their leading receiver was Alvin Kamara. With 11 catches for 33 yards. He had 11 um, catches? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just looked that up. And at the, at that point where, because 
I, I, he had like a bone bruise in his elbow or something, I believe. Derek Carr. No, I and, think it was an it was an AC in his shoulder, an AC joint in his shoulder. Or yeah, and and correction on the Kamara it was thirteen catches for thirty three yards, so even worse. Okay, but at that point, you you, and and it's the same thing last year. Is they he refuses to go go with Jameis Winston, and I'm not sure what what the situation is. But when your quarterback can't throw the ball downfield, you you have to change something up because the the Saints look terrible. Well, and it's the same discussion, guys, we've had with Joe Burrow. It's a long season. If you're putting someone out there at 75%, you're doing more harm than good to your football team. Let Jameis go out there, who's healthy, and he can actually stretch the field on Sunday and try to get the Saints offense going. Because, um, you know, ever since that guy named Drew Brees has left and Sean Payton, well, people are, they want to talk about, oh, Pete Carmichael, Pete Carmichael, he's a great offensive mind. Pete uh, was so good with the, these meetings with Drew when he got Derek Carr there, blah, 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 blah. Well, we've seen three years of this nonsense, and it's all garbage. Um, so, but yeah, to your point, Dylan, if, if, if Derek Carr's at 75%, it's a long season. Put Jameis out there because you're doing more harm than good to your football team by putting someone injured out there who can't play mm-hmm. at his highest. Yep. Yep. The Eagles sat um, Jalen Hurts last year for two games because they knew that, hey, you know what? Sure, sure, they had one loss at the time, but they were like, we could put him out there at 75%. Maybe he gets hurt against Dallas or the Saints, but you know what? Let's keep him in and get him healthy for this playoff run. So it's okay to miss games if you're not feeling good, guys. People, they're not going to make, people aren't going to dog you if you're trying to come back at 100% to make your team better because you're hurting, you're hurting your team when you're going out there injured. Yep. And that, that's all I got for my, my told you so team. So Grant. So we're going to, we're going to go back to, uh, to last Thursday and the team that won that game. And we're going to with the D- Detroit lions. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Um, you know, I told you guys, uh, I love their offensive line. I think they're going to dominate this year. And that's what they did. Uh, last Thursday, 211 rushing yards. 4.9 yards per carry. Um, David Montgomery with the three TDs. Hopefully, if you guys had him, you played him on your fantasy team. And if you played against someone, they didn't have David Montgomery. Bingo. I got lucky. <laughs> uh, yes. And then even uh, the Lions, their front, their front four on defense finally got after it. Five sacks of Jordan Love last Thursday. Aiden Hutchinson finally got on the board with one and a half. And it just it kind of looked like, again, through the first quarter of the year that I think this Lions team is the team to beat in the NFC North. You know, like I said, uh, the one thing I'd like to see this Lions team do, though, is get Jameer Gibbs the ball. He only had eight carries, but he had 40 yards. That's five yards a carry. You, you draft this guy in the top half of the first round. Get him the ball. Get him going. Let this offense be explosive because Montgomery and that offensive line had a great game. But when they're going, it's a death by a thousand paper cuts. And if the Vikings defense can figure this out as the year goes on, when you play the Cowboys, when you play the Niners, when you play the Eagles, this death by a thousand paper cuts is not going to win you football games for the Lions. As dominant as that group was, they got to get a little more explosive. And Jamison Williams is coming back, so that's nice. Um, But, yeah, Detroit on a short week, 
going in and uh, just, you know, putting the whooping in there on Green Bay. Um, that's my, my I told you so team for the week. Um, we've already covered this team pretty in depth, so I won't go too far, but uh, the Steelers. I didn't think they'd be great to start the year. Um, they've pretty much proved that uh, last week was even worse than I thought. But, uh, yeah, that, we've talked plenty about them, I feel like. So we should probably just move on. We've done a night, enough uh, Matt Canada hate tonight, I think. <laughs> that, Ethan, that, Ethan, that is true. Dylan, Ethan is choosing to bury the tape. It's a bury the tape game for Ethan it with is, the Steelers. We're, yeah. not talking, we're not talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> and, and Ethan, and, and also, Ethan, one that is not one to be petty, toot his own horn type of thing. So when he's saying that it's time to move on, you, yes. you just don't question it. You just say, let's move on. Let's move on, boys. And let's yep. move on to uh, our, our college football week five recap. Who who And it goes back to Ethan. So who is – your top, your call, week five team of the week in college football. Uh, Dylan, you're going to like this one, but I think Michigan finally put a complete game together. They they looked like the best team in the country. Um, they probably should be ranked number one after that. I, I get Georgia's won back-to-back titles. They're still undefeated. So, like, yeah, whatever. Like, I get it. Like, keep them at one. But if we go based off one game, they are without a doubt, that was the most uh, complete game we've seen any team in the country play this year. Yep. And I think another thing, too, is that I I think if there is a team that is affected by the new rules of the new clock rules of Michigan or of college football, I think it is Michigan just by the style they play. And that's why the games, the scores haven't been those like 50 to seven type of situations because that clock keeps running. Michigan likes to run the ball. They can they've been consistent you know Blake Corm's averaging I believe about six yards a carry they've been efficient on offense uh you know just JJ distributing the ball outside of the that Bowling Green game where he had three interceptions he's been really really good and they peaking at the right time that offensive line has seemed to have kind of they've found their first five I think another reason why there were some struggles early on is because they were rotating a lot of guys trying to find the the best five on the field. I think they've settled on that now. Now, now and Dylan, you're seeing that continuity grow and develop. You mentioned the big boys. Is it, is it five seniors up front for Michigan? Ooh, I don't, I don't know the years, but okay. it, it's a very experienced, yeah, very experienced. It's been two. They've got three or I think at least three guys for sure that have been on the starting line for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it gets hairy because of COVID as well. I think they have a they have a couple of transfers as well that they've that's been in their rotation. But I think they've settled on their top six, and that's who they're going to be rolling with. This um, knock on wood, as long as they can all stay healthy. But I did not get to watch this game because we had a I, we had a game ourselves that we were um, in at the at the same time. But um, checking the phone, my phone after the. After after our game got over, it was very pleasant to see that Michigan was up thirty five or twenty eight nothing at halftime, and uh, able to uh, come out with a win. So, yes, that is a great choice. I don't know if that's a uh, a troll pick because they are playing the Gophers this week. Or you're you're playing playing mind games with me. No, (laughs) I think Ethan took the goggles off and said, "This football team's pretty damn good." (laughs) We're going to be watching. We're focused on the Twins. It's Twin season. 
Hey, it's it's dipping below sixty degrees now. Ethan's mind is on soup and playoff baseball. And, and the and the Twins will be playing <laughs> later because I think Rangers and Orioles play at one o'clock. They, 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 they I, they, I can confirm that. Okay, I, I saw that yeah, on the do TV. You want to go to Target Field and, and they're having a live free event watching the game at Target Field. I'm just saying. Let's stay in touch. I think it's not a terrible idea. Let's stay in touch. So. Grant, who is your uh, week five college football team of the week? So I'm glad Ethan mentioned that he thinks Michigan should be the number one team in the country. Uh, my team, I think, should be number two, and that would be the Texas Longhorns. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, they they just they look like they're a fine finally a real team. <laughs> the, their offensive line is is dominant. They're running the ball. They're being physical. Quinn Ewers is playing like a five star recruit. Um, he's not turning the ball over. He's making plays with his legs. I mean, on Saturday, Quinn was 25 of 35, 322 yards, three total touchdowns, um, two on the ground, one in the air. And um, they averaged 6.6 yards per carry, boys. They had 336 yards on the ground, mm-hmm. um, you know, against the ranked Kansas team. I, I understand, um, is it McDaniels was out? Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, the quarterback was out, but he can't stop the run. Uh, we're going to use the Travis, the Travis Hunter take here. For, uh, for Kansas. He wasn't going to change the aspect of that game at all. And the one part about Texas that um, I think you really have to like, you kind of take it back to the Jordan Shipley, Colt McCoy days. They might have the best receiver duo in the country was Xavier Worthy and Donnie Mitchell. Mitchell. Um, and then you throw on that tight end um, Sanders. They, they have the athletes on the edge and their, their offense is clicking. Their defense is playing well, um, you know, so far this year. And, you know, like Ethan said, Dylan may, uh, Michigan may have had the most complete game. Texas, I think, has the best win on the road at Alabama, beating them assholes by 20. Yep. Um, and they're, they're getting ready to play Oklahoma this weekend. We'll find out if Oklahoma is a real team or not. Um, and remember this summer when Urban Meyer said Texas had the best roster in college football and people thought he was crazy? He's not wrong. Maybe he's not wrong. No. Um, I don't think he's wrong, and I – I really think I, I really like this Texas team. And if you ask me, if I was an AP voter, Michigan one, Texas two, Georgia three. And this Georgia team so far, guys, is reminding me of that 2015 Ohio State team. Um, you hear how dominant they're supposed to be. They're going to smash people. It's hard to get these kids motivated. Um, you know, they're still undefeated. We'll see if someone gets them. But as of right now, I think there are some questions with Georgia to be answered because so far this year, I saw this on Joel Klatt's page, they're 67th nationally in yards allowed per rush. Like that Georgia defense. And when you get to an SEC title game, if you have to play a team like Oregon in a college football semifinal or Michigan or Texas in the title game, you're giving up four yards of carry, you're going to lose that football game. But enough about Georgia. Um, Texas, they got their fight back, and they're my team of the week. I, I would like to see a rematch of that game in the Big 12 championship. Uh, not that mm-hmm. – like, McDaniels, obviously, like you said, doesn't play defense. But yeah. that defense in the first half actually wasn't bad. They held them to some field goals. They, mm-hmm. forced them, they forced them to not get touchdowns, obviously. But the offense just couldn't do anything outside of, like, that long uh, run where he fumbled, they picked it up, took it in for the touchdown. Like, yeah. It'd be and- interesting. It would be interesting. Oh, and I agree, Ethan. And I, I remember looking at this, the box score, and um, you know, Kansas they had over, you know, I think 120 yards in the ground, mm-hmm. three carries of 20 plus. But with McDaniel's in there, who knows? Maybe they can go off that little more zone read. So we'll yep. see. We'll see. And It'd you know, 
and Lance Leopold, he's a good coach. This Kansas team is going to get better as the year goes on, too. But right. for this week, yeah, I'm sticking with Texas. I'm sticking with Texas. And the other part, too, is is this is a typically a game, you know, with Oklahoma coming up this week. This is a, a game where you would see Texas in the past where they would kind of come, they would come out flat. They would look, you know, like lethargic. But when you build your when you build your team from the front in the trenches and then on the outside, you're going to be able to you're, you're going to put be able to put teams away, which they've done the last two weeks in both Baylor and and Kansas. Well, and even you go back to Wyoming, they started off slow, but eventually those three and a half to four yard carries you have against Wyoming, you're going to blow their doors off in the fourth quarter and put up 21 points. So Sark's building this thing the right way where, you know what, it might not be a big lead early, but they're bigger than you. They're faster and they're stronger and they're just going to lean, lean, lean. And eventually you're going to fold like that. um, The, um, Instagram chat, Ethan sent us about the Vikings defensive line where they're all <laughs> on their back. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I, I'm glad, Grant, you picked Texas because for mine, I had a couple written down. I, I had Baylor, you know, coming back from 35-7 in the third quarter. Notre Dame, because that was my, my game of the week last week, which was a tremendous game. They also got me a cover. Um, but I'm going to go with your week Week five, game of the week. I'm going to go with Ole Miss as my team of the week. They had a tough loss at at Alabama where Lane Kiffin, seat was looking like it was going to be a little bit warm. They had the mighty LSU Tigers rolling in. Brian Kelly, the favorites out of the S, to come out of the SEC, SEC West at the t- right now. And, you know, Ole Miss came out, came out with their hair on fire, jumping out to a big lead. And then they lost it. And... In the past, that is typically what you've seen a lot with Lane Kiffin teams, where they get out to a big lead, and then they let a team back into it, and then it eventually ends up crumbling. They end up losing. But they were down two possessions late in the fourth quarter. Score, and then they get the ball back. They go down and score again. And not this knocks LSU out of the out of the playoff playoff race with two losses. They can still win the SEC West, but it's uphill sledding because they also have to go. They still have to play Texas A&M. They still have to play mm-hmm. Alabama. And I don't know who they have to play and out I will, of the, I will of the say, East. I, I will say they still got to play Florida because that's their cross-division <laughs> rivalry every year. But if you have to go to Auburn this year and play in Jordan-Hare, that's not going to be an easy game. Nope. No. Georgia no. just found that out. Georgia yeah. just found that yeah. out. And Hugh, Hugh Freeze, you can kind of question how, how good of a person he is, but for he gets kids to buy in, and he's won a lot of games, been successful. There's a reason why he was brought to Auburn. You, and you're, you're absolutely right, Grant. It's not going to be an easy game. Mm-hmm. But Ole Miss to – you know, be up and then down and then find a way to come back and win. That's an incredible win for Lane Kiffin and his staff. And um, now well, and getting, there's a lot of LSU fans that are not high on Brian Kelly, but this is who Brian Kelly is. There's nothing that's changed from him at Notre Dame to LSU. And it, I mean, this might be like the perfect marriage of like Brian Kelly and LSU where, they, they both think they're a lot better than what they actually are. They're uh-huh. both 
Brian Kelly's a good coach. LSU is a good program, but they can never quite get over the hump. They had LSU had the one year where they had Joe Burrow, probably one of the greatest rosters in college football. And they were, and, and they bring in a tremendous offensive mind in Joe Brady, who came from the saints to, to get them over the hump. And then after that, they've just fallen off. They've lost a head coach and they've given Brian or they fired at, at Orgeron. And now they bring in Brian Kelly and, it's just going to be that same LSU team. They're going to they're going to win win the games they're supposed to. There's going to be a couple of tight close matches that on paper they're probably a little bit more talented, but they're always going to end up losing on the road. They're just they're just they're exactly like Tennessee. Just opposite yep. divisions, opposite divisions in that conference. With the talent they have, you should easily win 9 games a year. But your, those two to three losses are going to separate you from the big boys in the room. And come Thanksgiving time, I was, I was, I was going to say, Grant, I was going to say, I would say a better analogy because Tennessee has fallen. I would, you could probably make that argument, Tennessee in the '90s. Fair. But I would say, in a more recent, I would say the Georgia Bulldogs under Mark Richt. I like, I like it. I like it. Uh huh. Um, but uh, to piggyback on your point, Dylan, with that old Miss game. At one point, I think LSU was up five. Uh, it was a third and ten or third and seven. Jade McDaniel's hard count. They get an offsides. He sees it. He's going to pull the Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking a deep shot. Throws it to Brian Thomas Jr. in the end zone. They call it a touchdown on the field. They review it. He's got one foot in bounds with possession, but as he's falling, he loses grip of the ball and then and, and then gains possession again. Probably should have been ruled an incomplete pass. Call on the field stands. Ole Miss is down by 12. Fans are throwing beer, cans on the field, water bottle, hot dogs, anything and everything. It could have blown up in Ole Miss's face after a bad call, but they calmed down. They got their emotions together, and they got a big win. And like you said, Dylan, years past, something they don't do. They let that missed call derail them, and they probably lose that game by 20 points instead of 12. Yep. So hats off to the Ole Miss Rebels. Let's go back up to the NFL week five preview. And I I, I have to go Cowboys 49ers. I have to go with my team. Sunday night football game. Uh, Two of the three best teams in the NFC on paper. Uh, A game that can definitely determine seeding as far as as far as who's going to be, uh, if, if both teams win their divisions, you know, winner of this game could very well have owned the tiebreaker of who gets the one seed, who gets the two seed. Granted, the 49ers aren't going to be phased by it because they went in there and won um, two years ago. But, but the, you know, I would like to see that, that Cowboys pass rush, see if they're able to make Brock pretty uncomfortable. I think try, I think if, if you're the Cowboys, you want to try to, you almost want to stack that box, try to make Brock Purdy beat you. Um, don't allow those explosive plays that the 49ers are able to make keep keep Christian McCaffrey in check because I think he is the he's the keys to that offense that make everything go. If they're able to keep him under wraps and not let um, him have explosive plays, I like Dallas's chances. And um, the, offensively, if you're Dallas, is with Dak, less is more. Be able to run the ball, take take time off that clock because this this is going to be a field possession um, 
field possession, time of possession type of game because both teams want to run the ball and it's going to limit the possessions. And whoever almost feels like whoever's going to make, who gets that first for or has that first turnover or something like that, that's going to make the difference in the game. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a low scoring defensive battle. Um, and I think, like like I said, whoever makes that first mistake could be the uh, could be the team that's going to end up falling short in this one. Well, and and then also you know, this is big. Just Dallas forsaking the NFC East earlier in the day. Philadelphia they play the Rams at four o five Eastern. Say so hypothetically speaking, Philadelphia wins that game. If Dallas you know falls short against their nemesis in the Niners, they're three and two. I understand they still have to play the Eagles twice and they could make those games up. But early in the year, you, you, I'd, I'd rather not be down two games in my division already against that team. But like I said, it's, it's a long year. So that's just kind of the fan in me talking, but again, Dylan, to your point, just shows how important this game actually is. Yep. And, uh, Grant, who, who, who do you got for week five? So my, my week five game of week boys, I'm kind of going off the rails here a little bit. Um, they've been a surprise team for us the last two weeks. And if they win this game here, we might be on the D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year stand account and the Houston Texans stand account. I'm going Texans Falcons. Wow. Two, two teams that are going to, it's a, as far as getting, staying, staying relevant on pace and to win win your division. Win the Souths. Yeah. This is a big game. Houston starts 0-2. They get back on the winning streak these last two weeks. They're 2-2. Two two. They're feeling good. They're um, they're looking up like, hey, what D'Amico's preaching, we believe in. We believe in these young rookies bringing in Jimmy Ward from San Francisco. Houston is cooking. They're feeling good about themselves. Atlanta starts the year off 2-0. Big win. Um, no. No, they lost. I'm sorry. They lost. They lost the first week to no. To the Saints, didn't no, they? they? Didn't. Yeah, they did. They no, lost they won. The they beat the Saints. Oh. No, the Titans played the Saints week one. That's right. First, I thought the Falcons started two zero and two and zero. They did. I can't remember who they beat. They, they did. Started. They started off two and zero. They've lost their last two. You games. talk. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, Desmond Ritter, you know, was bad last week. Do, do they believe him in Atlanta? There. Um, um, you know, this offense. They need some explosion in the passing game. You know, if, if if the Falcons go two and three, maybe they're sitting back like, ooh, this Arthur, Arthur Smith-led team with Desmond Ritter, maybe it's not the right connection. Three, losing three games in a row in the NFL is not good. So, the, you know, I think the Falcons need this. The Texans need it. And who knows? You know, the Jags, the Jags have the Bills this week, and I believe uh, the Titans and Colts play each other. So there's a chance Houston will be tied for first in the AFC South after this Sunday. So... Carolina was who the Falcons beat in week one. Carolina, that's right. I was a division. I got, at least got the divisional game right. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Texans Falcons. Right. Uh, side note: Philly's gone full nuclear right now. They just hit a grand slam. So uh, oh, oh. was what eight one. Uh, Philly's gonna yep. try to pull that one out. Yep. That uh, is the. This is also the first. The first time in a regular full 162 game season that the Miami Marlins have lost a playoff series. Wow. Oh, wow. 
It was also yep. a left on lefty crime, like, and it was at, it was a new. It was from the bat. You're like, oh shit. Oh boy, that bat baseball's gonna go a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, for my team or game of the week, I'm staying in the AFC South. I'm going Colts Titans. Um, can the Colts keep this good play going? Uh, that's just one. They have so many headlines you could go. Are, are they trading Jonathan Taylor? Is he playing? Uh, he practiced uh, full participant today. Like. No one has a freaking clue what the hell they're going to do with this guy. <laughs> Does he even want to play? I mean, I don't know. Um, and then you got the Titans coming off a nice win, 27-3 to over Bengals. How are they going to bounce back? Is Ryan Tannehill going to go into a shell again? Is he going to look like himself? Is Derrick Henry going to throw a touchdown pass? You know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a hell of a game. And these two, these games are always just physical. Like, this is like what football is right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- with Shane Steichen coming in, he's going to want to run the ball, and they get AR fifteen back, mm-hmm. um, you know, from his concussion this week. So, yeah, any anytime the division lead is on the line for a week, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yep, and I I have to I am I am actually starting Anthony Richardson this week because in my uh, my regular quarterback is out on a bye week, so okay. um, my hands are I'm. Putting my faith in AR eight, well, formerly AR fifteen. Now it's just AR five. Uh, True. I like AR fifteen. It just rolls off the tongue. It, it does. It does. But we got all of our NFL Week Five preview, and let's uh, let's go to uh, college football Week Six. So back to Ethan now. What what game are you going to have your eyes oh, on this week? Well, I know it's about a soups and playoff baseball but if you have a little bit of time to watch some college football what are you watching um it's the big 10 but it's not minneapolis uh it's down in columbus uh ohio state maryland i think this could be a pretty sneaky good game uh obviously ohio state's proven themselves down at notre dame they come out win at the last second but i think maryland's a team people might be sleeping on they've done this a couple times they're good in the early going everything they beat some cupcakes and then they just get rolled in the big 10 I'm not sure that's going to happen this year. Uh, They've beaten three power five teams already. Uh, The most points they've given up are 17. So, like, they're a good team that has actually a decent defense. Uh, Maybe this is the year they actually put it together. Uh, I don't think they can really do anything better than fourth in the East. But you put them in the West, and, I mean, they might. Well, they're they're winning it. Right now, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this is still looking for that. Signature Mike Loxley is still looking for that signature signature win, and this is about as good of an opportunity as he's going to have because when he's faced those blue bloods of the blue bloods of of the East, the Michigan, the Ohio States, the Penn States, those games have not been particularly close. Last year against Michigan, it, it was only a it was only a seven point game, but Mich- they Maryland got a late score to make that a uh, it, for the sec- most of that second half it was a two score game. Um, and then Maryland got a late score to uh, got a late score to uh, make it a one possession game. But um, Ta- Talia Tag- Tagovailoa, we're going to see uh, Maryland coming into the year had to replace four offensive linemen. They're going to get a tremendous test in JT Tua 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 Malu. They're used to saying that name. That's a first round pick right there. Yeah, yep, yep. Future future first round pick for the in for from Ohio State. A um, couple of other guys, another guy, I can't think of the guy's name, but um, they're, they're going to be tested. They've got some good receivers. Uh, 
but yeah, definitely that was that was a game for sure, Ethan. That I had I had da- written down as a as a game of the week. It's the big noon kickoff game as well. That is. Yeah. So uh, you know, my game here, boys. Um, it's a little under the radar, I think, nationally, but we got we got the Battle of the Tigers in Columbia, Missouri. LSU mm-hmm. LSU goes up to Missouri, and I I, I, I this Missouri team they're five and zero. They're kind of a sneaky team. They're scoring a lot of points. Um, um, their quarterback, I, I, I want to say it's Brian Cook. It's B. Cook. Um, Burton the third. their, their uh, true sophomore five-star receiver. They're, pu- they're putting up a lot of points, you know, there in Columbia. And then also, how does LSU respond after that tough loss at Ole Miss last year? They got to go. They got to play on the road again against an upstart team that almost beat Georgia last year. They should have beat Auburn it kind of looks like this Missouri team is slowly kind of coming together where they're going to be able to compete in the sec and that they can put up some good points. And I want to see if Brian Kelly and his staff can coach up these players and fix the mistakes they made last week. Cause LSU, their defense is horrible. This Missouri team can score points. And if LSU, if they don't get this figured out and Missouri gets a win, they're six and zero. that's the signature win for their head coach. Um, uh, is it Dirk? Eli, Drinkwitz, Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz, Eli Drinkwitz, and Brian Kelly's three and three, and his defense is bottom third in college football. Um, so big, big game for both teams, and um, I'm just, I'm kind of excited to see how this one plays out. With those athletes at LSU to be bottom third in defense is absolutely pathetic. It's they've got one of the best defensive players in the country. Ridiculous. Still can't figure the out fact, how to use him. The fact that they're having him playing off ball linebacker is absolutely ridiculous. Last year as a freshman, a lot right there. when he, when he was a freshman, they said, get get after the quarterback, the guy, number seven, throwing the football, tackle him. And, and he wasn't a freshman, all American. He looked like the greatest player in the world. And now they're having him play off ball linebacker. It's unacceptable. Like Ethan said, and their, their defensive coordinator coached in the NFL for a while. So he should be this elite football mind, but they, they can't put it together. So. Yeah, LSU, Missouri, my game of the week. Okay, and Grant, you must be just in a very, very uh, giving mood because that I had a, I had multiple situations here where I thought for sure you were going to steal my thunder mm-hmm. and take my my top games that I had, but you didn't. So you didn't with the. I- I thought about it with this, the game. I think you're going to pick, but I said I talked about that team earlier. And I talked enough about one team from one state early today. I figured um, I'd be maybe a little biased towards one state if I picked this team. So, okay, well, yes. So I'm going down to the Red River rivalry, Texas, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And this game's going to be played at high noon on e- on ABC. And... Both teams are undefeated. The first time since I believe it was 2008, the last time these two teams played undefeated. Yep. Uh, Colt McCoy, Sam Bradford game, which was an incredible game. I believe Oklahoma was leading at half, and then Texas uh, ended up winning, got control, and kind of dominated the second half. And uh, um, but then Oklahoma ended up playing for the national title that year because Texas lost to. Texas lost to Texas Tech. Oklahoma had the lost Texas BCS rankings. Oklahoma was higher than Texas, and that's how you how, how you get that. 
You know but, what? It wouldn't have mattered anyway. None of those teams were beating Florida. Yeah, that that, that is very true. <laughs> and this is this is a game. This is kind of well. It wasn't where you saw Brett ben, Venables, their the Oklahoma season go downhill because it was going downhill before that, and well, Texas just they made lost, it even worse. They yeah they they lost was, to Kansas State and, and then TCU. they lost another they lost TCU, TCU yeah. Yeah, this is where it like really, really imploded. Yep, and we've talked about how Texas right now looks like the best team in the country. Got one of the best wins of the season between. It's probably one A, one B between Texas beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa and Ohio State beating Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, Texas, I think, is going to. This, this game is – I don't think Oklahoma is good enough in the trenches. I don't trust Dylan Gabriel, even though he has looked good, but they struggled on the road against Cincinnati, a team that they should should have won by – if you're, we're going by talent, should have won by three or four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Texas dominates the trenches on both sides of the ball, and I think, I think Oklahoma is overrated, and I think Texas stomps them. Let me see here what the, what the spread is for this game, and I – Because it's Texas six and a half. Texas is going to win by more than six and a half points. It, it, it's going to get ugly, and it could get ugly fast. Unless Texas resorts back into the old Texas where they are sloppy, they come out flat, um, and have have a couple of turnovers, which gives Oklahoma some short fields where they could are very capable of capitalizing. But right now, from what I've seen, Texas, they're not going to come out flat against their most hated rival. They want that. Well, they want to keep that golden cowboy hat in Texas, and I think Texas stops them. And last Big 12 uh, Red River rivalry as members of the Big 12 Conference. Oh, yeah, that, next, that is true. Next year, this game jumps over to the SEC. That is correct. Cool. And uh, that wraps up the review preview edition here of the show. Let's go over to Grant for Curveball of the Week here. What do you got here? All right. So, as you guys know, Caleb uh, and, and family, they're visiting from Florida this last week. And Caleb's dream his whole life was to go down and live in Florida and buy a home and be able to put Christmas lights on a palm tree. Wake up Christmas morning, you see your palm tree outside with Christmas lights on. So that got me thinking. If you were to move out of either Minnesota or North Dakota, what would be your dream state you could move to? Hmm. Maine. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no. North Dakota. No, I'm just so chill. But I don't want to be if, um, I, I mean, like, obviously, me and Hannah, you guys both don't want to move to Charlotte. But I don't know if that's like the dream that, place. Yeah, I the the dream. Yeah, the dream. I don't know. After going to Miami or not Miami, Montana, that uh, that might be the spot out by Ooh. out by uh, Mon- or Glacier. That Ethan, was Ethan's putting his cowboy boots on. That was ungodly amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I might get a little cold here and there, but I've lived in it for thirty years. Why the hell? What's another 15, 20 if I'm lucky? And yeah, I think I think those summers and um, being up by Glacier would really be worth it. Yeah, I think so. Ooh. Um, I would probably have to say, I'm, 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 I've had jobs where I've, where I've had to work outside, work in the cold. I, I don't want to deal with cold again. 
So I'm moving somewhere warm. Part of me would want to say Florida, but they there's pythons that pop up out of the toilet. I don't want to deal with that. So I would have, I think I think if I had to move somewhere, I think I would go down. I would still go in the south. I go also go to a place that has no state income tax. I'm going down to Texas. Ah, there you go. Yep, I'm going down probably in that Dallas area. Watch the Cowboys play. Uh, go check out the the Red River River rivalry. It's a Texas where State, that is. I Texas couple, State Fair this week too. Texas State Fair. Yep. I I I've, so I was there the week before that game was played, but I remember we we were dry, trying to drive through it and tried seeing all the cars that were just trying to get into the parking lot to go to this Texas State Fair. Oh my word, was the traffic ridiculous? Yeah, thirty five through Dallas Fort Worth. You don't want to mess with. No, but it's warm. Um, it gets it can get a little bit chilly, but nothing terrible where I'd have to be like wearing like six or seven diff seven layers of clothing mm-hmm. um you know you know occasional winter coat um i would i'm well equipped to be able to drive in that weather because i this i live in the north where it's we have terrible and crappy roads all the other idiots is what i'd have to worry with but yeah i think texas is where i would go okay yeah, and for, for me, I'm debating between two states, but the region of either state I pick is damn near close to each other. And just because I think the quality of football is better, I'm going down to Georgia. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Underrated place. Underrated place, that, especially the nor- northern part of the state where you still got some of the Smoky Mountains there. Um, oh, time out, time out, time out, time out. Ethan, we've cracked the code here. Grant says he wants to move down to Georgia. You know what's located and headquartered in Georgia? Chick-fil-A. Grant is a closet <laughs> Chick-fil-A fan. We, we, we busted him. You're busted. You're done. <laughs> God damn. Alec, Alec, building, Alec building these distribution centers for Chick-fil-A has changed my Bro. mind um, with that. Um, got me. Gotcha. Yep. But yeah, well, just kind of living, you know, maybe a suburb of northern Atlanta there. You're still by the big city. Good sports, um, good football, great food. I love I love me some peach cobbler, some peach pie. Um, like I said, you're real close to the Smoky Mountains. If you want to have a quick getaway for a vacation, you know, down there, it's warm. The um, Masters. The, mas- the Masters is right there if you want a quick you – know. And I don't think that helps your uh, your chances of getting in if you're from Georgia. No, not a, not a, not a chance. <laughs> you know, if you want to you want to drive down for a nice weekend, you're you're close to Savannah. You can go to you can go to Charleston. You can go to Myrtle Beach. You know, Gatlinburg. There. Um, hey, if Ethan's in Charlotte, hey, quick drive, Ethan. I'm coming hey. up. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I'd have to go with Georgia again. That southern part of the country. Um, you know, it's warm. We could, you could play golf year round, different sort of physical activities to do outside. So, uh, give me, give me the peach state. All right. There it is. And, uh, well, that, that concludes episode 98. We in two weeks, we will be reaching a hundred episodes. Crazy to think who would have thought guys, us, us, us three hooligans talking for a hundred episodes. And it's going to be there. We have a, a special guest lined up lined up we won't be uh revealing it yet because we won't share it until it happens but very excited about our 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 guest that's going to be joining us because 
When you reach 100 episodes, you got to do it right. You got to bring on the best. And that'll that'll come in, in a couple of weeks. But episode 98 is wrapped up. We'll have the segments of the show out on YouTube on Friday. Make sure you go subscribe. Subscribe there. Um, check us out on our social medias, Facebook, Three Guys Talking About Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, X, uh, 3GTB Podcast. As well, we'll be sharing, posting uh, segments of the show. We'll do in posting recap game recaps of our teams, hopefully positive ones. Uh, Purdue, Purdue, Iowa for Grant, which thankfully for um, that game is going to be on Peacock. And the only, and they're neither team is probably going to win, but America is going to win because it's not going to be on national television. Michigan correct. Gophers are playing on Saturday. Always going to be a fun game. We're uh, wish I would have been able. We would have been able to make that work to come out and watch that game. Twins were playing at home. That would have been very more enticing to go. But, but I guess that'll have to come. Uh, that'll come in time is when we all we all meet together. And yeah, so thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back for episode ninety nine next week.